John 6, 22 through 35. We'll read the scripture if you'll stand with me. John 6, 22. It says this. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. Verse 24, When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got in the boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life. For the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Verse 28, Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore, they said to him, What sign shall you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And 35 says, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. You may be seated. Talk to you today about satisfaction. And Tommy from time to time will attempt to be funny. I said Tommy from time to time will attempt to be funny. And when he sends his um, uh, songs to me and, and uh, sends them to Brian to put them in the bulletin, he sometimes will make a little remark. And this week he mentioned something about the special music he just put in there. I can't get no satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. And, and he thought he was being original. He didn't know I already had that taken care of today. In 1965... The Rolling Stones released the song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. You ever heard that? One or two people are not afraid to admit they've been in the world will raise their hand. The rest of you are pretty religious and you don't want to let us know that. In 2004, um, the Rolling Stone magazine put that song at number two on their list of all time 500 greatest songs Ever. They put that on number two. Now, I wouldn't have put that at number two, but they did. And, and it served as an anthem for generations after that. And really, no matter what you think, there's one good thing to say about this song, and I think one reason it has endured, because it does express a truth. It does express a truth in that secular song that there is no satisfaction 
apart from Jesus Christ. That song will demonstrate and, and, and share this, um, this restlessness that's in man. It's just there. We're always looking. We're always striving. We want to put something in the hole that fixes our problems. We want to be something that we're not. We're looking for the next best thing. And just like the song says, we can't get no satisfaction. Now, I'm not trying to glorify a secular song today, but I want you to see the connection that even the world who don't know Jesus knows something's missing. Amen? And I'm not glorifying a secular thing, but I'm using it as an illustration to let you know that the world's looking for something. They're looking for something, and there is no satisfaction apart from Christ. At my house lately, there's been much discussion about science. And how do you reconcile science with what we as Christians believe about things like creation? dinosaurs I mean there, there are answers aren't there amen there are answers that they're found in scripture and how do you reconcile those things when even in in a public setting and maybe at school you might be taught one thing but then in, in the Bible we're, we're taught another thing and how do you bring those things together what are you going to do about that and so I've enjoyed the discussions with with the kids as they've identified things that that they needed to understand and we were talking about scientists. We were talking about Christian scientists. And in the, 19, in the 1600s, there was a scientist by the name of Blase Pascal, pretty well-known scientist. And he said this, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person, and it can never be filled by any created thing. It can only be filled by God, made known through Jesus Christ. Now that wasn't a Billy Graham saying. That wasn't your favorite preacher quoting something. But that was a scientist who knew so much about creation and the things out there. And he understood that beyond all the formulas and all of the theories... There is a God that pushes it all. There is a God that not only pushes it all, but created it all. And there is something in all of us from birth that's seeking, that's looking to be filled. There is a known absence in all of us. We just don't know what to put in it. We just don't know what to fill it up with. See, the multitude in John 6, as we just read, had just the day before witnessed a pretty neat thing. They, they witnessed this great move, a powerful miracle that Jesus did. You remember the story? If you go back and just glance at 5, you'll remember real quickly. But what we see is that Jesus had just fed, Scripture talks about 5,000 people, and if you read that a little more, you'll find out that the 5,000 5, was just the men. So if it was just, and I know just didn't men show up to eat. Women come too. Kids come too. Where you got men, you're going to have women. And where you got women, you're going to have kids. And so over 5,000 were fed at this instance. And, and, and they started out 
with just five loaves of bread and how many fish? Five loaves of bread and two, it didn't, and it wasn't even big fish, but it was two small fish. And they fed over 5,000 people. Some estimates say it could have been much as 20,000 people. I don't know that, but I know it was a bunch. I know at my house on any given day, I don't know that five loaves and bread and two fish would do it. Just at my house. Much less thousands of people hungry wanting to eat. And so you, you see that this multitude the day before had witnessed the miracle of God said, this is what we're going to do. You sit down. You start to, to sort it all out. And they just kept sorting and they kept on sorting and they kept on passing and they kept on passing and they didn't know where it came from, but it was there. And there was something different about this meal because not only did, and we say this all the time, that Jesus fed the, the multitude, but I want you to know that Jesus didn't just feed the multitude, he filled the multitude. Do you understand there's a difference in eating and getting full? Do you understand? You know, we've been out to restaurants before and go with my family and different things. And, 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 and you know, quite honestly, if you go to some restaurants and eat the way at the restaurant you eat at the house, you will be broke. Is that not true? My stepdad likes to, to eat till he's full. And, and, and I have went out with my family before, and my mom said, well, you just eat a little bit at the restaurant, and then we'll fill you up when you get home. Have you ever said that or done that? Because quite honestly, if you ate like you ate at the house, somebody would be getting a big tip, and your bank account would be much lighter. And there's a difference in tasting something and getting full. See, there's a whole lot of people in the church world that have tasted Jesus, but they're not full. And they may be full of something. Amen. Could be the devil or baloney, but they've tasted a little bit, but they're not full. There's a difference in eating a little and getting full. And Jesus, in this very physical illustration, that happened. He fed these people. Amen? That's not a story. It's not a parable. It's a reality. The Bible said so. How do I know? The Bible said so. Do you believe it? Absolutely. These people were physically fed. But he's using it as an illustration that I can physically feel you. And these people knew the difference. They knew they'd been filled. And they didn't know a whole lot of theology. They didn't know a whole lot of doctrine. They just know they came, they ate, they were filled. Let's do it again. And so they come back looking for Jesus because he had filled them. And so they seek him out. Jesus filled the multitudes. And if they were filled, that tells me that before they met Jesus, they were empty. I want to share with you this morning that even in our congregation today and even throughout the city, there are people who are filled with Jesus, there are people who are filled with the world, and there are people who are running on empty. There are people who are empty this morning. You ever feel empty? 
Sometimes we do feel empty. Life has beat us about the, the face and, and, and knocked us down and, 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 and things that are just imaginable happen. And even this week, there, there are probably people that you know who are struggling with just horrible things that, that, that they just don't know how they're going to make it. And they may feel empty this morning. But I want you to know that Jesus is the one who comes so He can fill you. And if Jesus fills you, you'll be satisfied. Our problem is, is that we try to fill ourselves on things that aren't going to last. We fill ourselves on junk food. We fill ourselves on things that, that were never meant to, 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 to really satisfy us. So I've used this illustration before, but there was a road that went from Andrea's folks' house to my house, and when we were dating, I drove that road a lot. And it was a country road. And it was a rough road. And there were so many potholes on that road, it was just unbelievable. And I would drive down this road and boom, 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 beat the shocks all out of my car. And hit the bumps and it was rough. And then two or three days would go by and I'd come through and be a little smoother. And they filled the holes up. And I'd rock along for another two or three times of going across it. Not too bad. But eventually it would rain. The weather would change. Things would happen. And about a week later, bump, 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 bump. Because you can't fill a pothole up that's going to stay filled up. Only way to fix it is repave it. And to the whole thing. You might say, well, I've never been to that road. I just had an illustration most of you'll... Now you're going to love this one. Elementary school, Redwater. Ever been there? You know, when you come in there for the longest time, there are potholes out there, wouldn't it? Here lately, it's been better, hasn't it? Did they repave that a bit? They filled it with what it needed. They didn't just put some, oh, we got some asphalt and some chunks of gravel. Let's just throw that. That'll work for a time. None of y'all who fix things, y'all don't do things just for right now, do you? Y'all fix it for the long term, amen? Y'all don't, don't do that short-term stuff, do you? I have. <laughs> those things, the point of that is, is those things are short-term answers, but they're going to eventually go out. Jesus is the filling. Jesus is the one who fills, and you're satisfied. He is the one that stays. As we look at the Scripture today, I want to share just three principles with you about being satisfied. And when you leave here, I, it's okay if you remember the reference to the Rolling Stones, but I want you to know more than that when you leave. I want you to know and understand that, that Jesus is the one that satisfies. And the first principle is this. Man is only truly satisfied by the things of Christ. Man, you are only truly satisfied by things of Christ. You need to think about some things that have, and you've seen in your life. Think about some fads and trends. You, you, can you think of some, you know, every so often things come back. You, you remember when bell bottoms were in style and then they came back and then they went out again and they'll be back. I know they will. You can't get rid of that stuff. I, I mean, there are certain things that are here and they're gone, okay? For, for men, Couple years ago, and the and the, tri, the the trend is short hair. 
And then the next thing, somebody named Bieber comes along. And it's all messy hair. That's what I call it. I knew I'd get Emma. And, and then it won't be long and somebody else will come along and we'll be back to short hair again and Tim and I will be in style. We understand that trends come and trends go. And it's just the way it is. I mean, people will buy things today that think, oh, this is the thing that's going to change my life, and about a month later you'll be selling it in a garage sale. Well, what are you talking about? Things like the Abflex. Ever had one of those? Those were the neatest things for about 15 minutes. And, and it's the answer today, but tomorrow I wouldn't give you a nickel for it. Isn't it amazing that in life and in society, that's how things are. People have an answer for, for your problems now. You need to this. You need to do that. You need to try this. You need to... You know, the one thing that has never changed is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you'll not sell that at a garage sale. You'll keep that. It'll always be the same. It'll, it'll never change. Isn't it amazing that the things of Christ never really change? Now, you could change the way we do things sometimes. We might change styles and, and methods, but the, the truth of this Scripture is just the same as it has always been. And if I make it another 20, 30, 40 years, and then I check out of this life and we're still going on, it's still going to be the same. It's not going to change. And... and People spend their lives trying to find out what or who is going to make them happy. But I want to tell you that stuff won't fulfill you. Another person will not complete you. You know, I think part of our problem sometimes is that we think our answers are found here and the things we have or the relationships we have, we've got to be very careful to understand something. That if we lose everything we own and everybody forsakes us, we can still be completed in Jesus Christ. Don't mean that we won't hurt. Don't mean we won't suffer loss. But we're not defined by the outside stuff. We're defined by the Spirit on the inside of us. And if the Spirit isn't on the inside of us, then we're empty. And we have the vacuum that Pascal mentioned. You might say, well, that's kind of harsh, and I, you know, I'm not sure I really like that. But it's true. And, and, and it's said in love for you to understand that you can do all things, the Scripture says, through Christ who strengthens you. But, but, but the reality is, is that you're going to have to make sure that you're trusting Christ to do it. You've got to have Him. A lot of people claim the promises of God but don't really have Him. Have you ever noticed that? A lot of people will quote Scripture better than the quote-unquote believers and yet don't have the Spirit because they never really trusted Him in a relationship. So we need to understand that, that man is only truly satisfied by the things of Christ. Now these people that we read in Scripture in John 6, didn't have a whole lot of answers, did they? They didn't know how Jesus did that. They didn't know 
you know, a, a whole, probably a whole lot about the Trinity. They, they didn't, probably didn't know a lot of things that, that, that you and I, being so smart, understand and know. But, but they did know one thing, that on a very basic level, this was the only time they had ever experienced true feeling, true satisfaction. They, they knew something was different. And they knew that they experienced it in the presence of that man. And now that man is gone, and I want to be filled. Let's find that man. And so that's what they're seeking. That's what they're looking for. And as we said before, there's a difference in tasting something and being filled. They wanted to be filled all the time. Now, as we look at that, we understand that man's only truly satisfied by the things of Christ. Here is the second principle that I want to share. Our expectations are usually different from God's reality. Is that not true? Our expectations are usually different from God's reality. If God would let me fix my life, I would fix it this way. Did you know that this way will not be the way that God wants it fixed? Why? Because He's God and you're not. That's the way it is. That's very simple, but that's the truth. We will look at things from a perspective that is tainted with sin, with pride, with selfishness, our own feelings put at the front, and God is the only one who can do it the right way because He's God and you're not. Our expectations are different from God's reality. When you look back through 28 through 31... You see a little bit of that. Would you, would you do that? Me? Just look back at verse 28 where he says that then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? See, that is a good Baptist right there. How can I work this out? What should I do to work the works of God? Let me know the secret. Give me the formula. Show me the 12 steps. I want to do this so I can do it myself. If you'll just teach me, I can do it. And the problem is, is you can't be taught. Our expectations are different from God's reality. They wanted to know the formula. Have you ever noticed your ears perk up when somebody says something like, I can teach the secret to success? I used to when I was younger, but now I just instinctively go the other way. Because I know they want some money. But, but there are people who, who have formulas and, and, and it all figured out of how you can do things. But, but there's no formula. Your satisfaction, your fulfillment cannot be simplified in a formula. See, these folks wanted to work for it. And what he wanted was their faith. He said to believe. That's, that's how you come to the things of God. You believe. Oh, but I want to go to church this many times a week or I, I want to do this kind of work or I, I want to get this badge. And we teach works over faith. See, faith is harder, isn't it? Because faith is harder than works. Faith is harder than works because with works, you can sometimes see immediate results. With faith, you probably won't. 
Did you know that many of us won't even see the fruition of our faith until after we're dead? The majority of the things we have faith in, we, we'll get to see a glimpse here and there in this life, but the majority of things we have faith in, we're not going to get to see until after we've passed from this life to eternity. Work, I can do this and see some accomplishment. I can fill a church house up and all the people came to church and they all were smiling. It must have been a good day. But I don't know that I've affected one of them for eternity and could have messed them up. Faith is harder than works. And our expectations are different from God's reality. He's looking for us to have faith and to believe in Him. Look back at verse 20. 9 and see what it says Jesus answered and said to them this is the work of God that you what believe in him whom he sent they're still trying to figure it out in verse 30 and they say therefore they said to him what sign will you perform them isn't that just like us we want to see a sign we want to see lights we want to see smokes we want to hear hear the sounds what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? As if they hadn't seen enough, they still had fish on their breath. What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now isn't it amazing that these Jews, this generation we're reading about, was, was touting and, and reminding them and reminding Jesus about the manna, and the generation that ate the manna got sick of it. You remember that? They go around the wilderness and this manna was good for the first two or three weeks, but after a while we're sick of it. And, and then they wanted to go back to Egypt and eat garlic and leeks. Anybody going to have leeks for, for lunch? The only leeks I know about are in the roof when it rains. Garlic and leeks? See, we get satisfied with that stuff. We, we want certain things and then we want to try something else and then the, listen God is the one that satisfies and faith is harder than works because it's hard to see immediate results the last principle is this our satisfaction will only come from a wholehearted commitment to follow Christ you'll only be satisfied when you commit to follow Jesus Look at verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Now we've heard this scripture before, so it really don't throw us. But can you imagine hearing this for the first time? What you might think? You're the bread? He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Doesn't that sound good to never be hungry? Doesn't that sound like a wonderful thing to never ever be thirsty? And those are physical things. But how many this morning are longing for something? There are people among us this morning all around Texarkana that are longing for something. There are many people longing for peace. 
There are many people longing for an answer, for some direction, for an answer of, of, of why, why did this happen and, and why am I going through this? They're longing for something, for assurance, longing for somebody to hug them and let, let them know it's going to be all right. They're longing for, for a touch of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They're longing for something. I want to share with you this morning to, to, to have that longing feel. But you have to come to Christ. You have to believe. The Scripture says right there in 35. Whereas we make so many formulas, 35 is real simple. Jesus says, I am. And if you're going to come, it'll be he who believes. It'll be he who comes. It'll be he who believes. You know, it, it's real easy to, to believe when life is easy. It, it's easy to, to believe when things are going smoothly. But your faith is proven when life takes a turn in a negative direction. And you find out if you've really got faith or if you've just got some of that gravel that'll wash out when it rains. As they prepare for the invitation this morning, I want you to truly make a connection with God and, and seek what He might tell you this morning because if you're not struggling, if you're doing great, then I praise the Lord for that for you. If you're having a, a, the best time of your life, if things are going so just everything's coming up, roses then I need to come stand next to you and let some of that blessing rub off. Amen? And I'll bring friends. But you know, there may be many who are struggling this morning, hurting, dealing with things they don't understand. There are many who are sick. And there are many who have loved ones who are sick. God can satisfy you. God can help you. And God can fill you if you allow Him to do that. I ask you to bow your heads. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Help us to know things you'd have us to know. And God, please fill us. God, if there's somebody that's never been filled with your Holy Spirit, they don't know you in salvation, I pray that you draw them to that. And if there's somebody that needs peace, who needs an answer, who needs something that satisfies them. Please, Lord, please, fill them today. It's in your precious Son's name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.